thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Veronica Swanson-Beard and Veronica Miele-Beard, both the namesake founders of 14-year-old fashion brand, you guessed it, Veronica Beard. The company gained a following early on for its perfect fit, versatile dicky jacket, but it's since expanded far beyond blazers. For example, in early May, it built on its growing footwear collection with a collaboration with Dr. Scholes. I wanted to ask the Veronicas all about their plans for ongoing evolution and about the future of workwear. Will blazers always be a wardrobe staple? Welcome to you, VSB. Hi, how are you? Did I get it right? I'm so you good. Thanks it. for being here. And <laughs> hey, VS, no, VMB. Hi. Hi. I'm going to get this right. Hi, how are you guys? We're so good. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. Okay, I know this story because I'm a Veronica Beard fan. I was just saying to Ben that I tend to, I guess, make Veronica Beard my go-to on, I mean, Run the Runway. Like, you have the best blazers. They have several of them, and I've got a rotation going here. (laughs) But tell me how you met. Um, This is a family. It's all in the family. Who wants to take take that and, and how you found each other and how you came to form a business together? It's a big question. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You always start. So Veronica and I are married to brothers. That's how we have the same name. Uh, we get asked a lot if we're sisters. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> and we met serendipitously at this wedding. Um, Veronica was married to her husband and pregnant with her first child. I was single and my husband was single and we were seated next to each other. So I met my husband and my other life partner, Veronica, at the same <laughs> At the same wedding on the same night. And um, and it is truly, I think about that night all the time personally. It was just the two most important people in my life, other than the children that were born from me, um, were, I'm gonna were, cry. were there that I'm night. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's well, it's so true. Crazy. It's so true. I mean, how crazy of a thing to happen. So we, we don't met, we don't get yeah. a chance to stop and smell the roses that often. We don't. We just keep going. So yeah, to hear that is very um oh, well, love you. Poignant. Love you. It's all love. <laughs> Whose wedding was this? PS. This is our be- friend Lewis and Alex's wedding and Rose. Um, yeah, and it was a great night. But we um Jamie and I dated for a couple years. Veronica and I became friends. Veronica was having this super powerhouse um you know, uh, finance career. She was having babies. I was working in fashion. I had gone to Parsons. I was a buyer. Um, and I was, I worked in wholesale, uh, before that. Um, and we just had, we became very close friends. Obviously we were, became then family, but it was our mutual love of fashion and obsession with product, you know, that would, leave us in corners of parties and family gatherings talking about what was missing in the market, brands that we love, people that were doing things right, that hadn't done it right, we could figure it out so much better, all of those things. And um, really, the idea came from those conversations, but it was ultimately about creating this uniform. And um, the Dickie jacket, blazers existed for men, they put it on, they did their thing, they went to, to work in suits. Um, 
And we started with a jacket. We made a run of, of jackets that we, um, that we sampled out of uh, remnant fabric from Mood and um, oh from Mood Fabrics. And yes. we didn't know what we didn't know. And it was great. I mean, those days were the best um, because... Wait, I just want to interject with that yeah. one thing. We didn't know we didn't know. And one thing for sure is... We were told so many times by pattern makers and by just people in general in fashion, like you can't do one size dicky in every jacket. You know, there were there were things that we were like, yes, we can. Okay, we can move the zippers in it. You know, and and there were so many times that um, we were like, what? Neither of us are true technical designers, like drawing, and um, we figured this out. We figured this business out one step at a time, but the real, the real ethos of our brand was that they didn't make this uniform for women. They, they didn't make a jacket and dickie or a suit, a, an official uniform daily. And when we came at the market, it was after the crash of 08. And remember, it was, it was hard to go and buy designer all the time. You know, men were saying to their wives, like, you can't go to Bergdorf and, you know, buy what you used to buy. Like, buy the designer was was a real stretch. And so we, we, we came at this market at a really interesting level. Um, we started opening designer. We brought our prices down to um, contemporary prices. And but our our fabrics and our um, quality were like designer. So we, we captured that woman, the rise of the woman in the workforce, in her, in her fashion sense. You know, a lot of these women didn't know what we knew. So I went to work every day in finance and I worked with all men and, and felt like embarrassed or like Barbie if I dressed up, you know, and I wore color. So we purposely went after that hole in the market, which was, you know, actually getting dressed every single day and caring about what you wear. Um, so, and we love that about each other. Every time Veronica and I saw each other, it was like, oh my gosh, where did you get that? And that looks so amazing. <laughs> and, and, you know, where are you buying your jeans and where are you, where are you shopping for this, that, and the other thing? And what are you paying? You know, we were constantly looking at it like entrepreneurs and how we can solve this problem and this ease of, you know, versatility, right? That the dicky goes in all the different jackets, all the different outerwear. And at first we thought, oh my gosh, this thing isn't going to work, right? It's like, does she really want the dicky, or is it just the jacket? But the whole secret sauce was how we styled the dickies inside the jackets. They were striped. They were um, hoodies. You know, they were leather. They were all different fabrics. And it got her to the rack to say, what is this thing in here? And then it was layering no bulk and it solved the problem of, you know, like not being too hot inside when you're wearing a sweater under your blazer or, you know, just it framed your face, right? So you had a turtleneck, you had a hood, you had sporty look, you had professional look, you had down, we called, we literally called it the downtown Dickie, the uptown, the fisherman knit was the upstate when you're going out of town. You know, so it was in every walk of life. I feel as though you brought back the dicky. I am a child of the 80s and the 90s. And the word dicky, it just seems like 
it was something you did then. And it's so modern and fresh and it makes sense for versatility. Were you targeting somebody um, that was, this was not a business formal worker. This is somebody that maybe did, they right. did wear jeans to work. Business casual was thriving. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, no. I think that. Not, not, not at first. Yes. Yes, but I think we no. went for lifestyle. It wasn't, we weren't going for the suit. We were going for a yes. more democratic, like we were, at this point, we were like deep into the mom days, drop off, like what women were wearing, like jeans with this blazer and, um, you know, women were, it was casualizing at work, you know, and people were wearing pants with a blazer or, or it wasn't, it wasn't all suits. So it really, um, well, think, no, but it was in high finance and in the law firms. It was before COVID. Yeah, so but it was still Monday through Friday suit wear. Right, but she, but she not was us. not not us. us, not us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think that it was just you know we had a singular product. I mean, even the best when you think about the best brands that have had you know longevity they have a signature product. And so that was really important um, in the success of Veronica Beard. We had a, a product that didn't exist out there and it was, you know, blazers are blazers are blazers. Lots of people make blazers, but what was unique was the combination. And I think, um, you know, even thinking back to that first season, because I had worked in wholesale, I knew a lot of the buyers um, at all of these stores. And we reached out to one account that we really, really wanted. And I remember this person saying, who we won't name names, um, but being like, mm, Dickie, I don't know. That sounds kind of like hokey, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was funny because I was like, fine, you're not going to buy us. But I laugh now because that became an enormous part of business for this brand. And, and it was, you know, I mean, Veronica and I grew up in the eighties. So yes, people, people understood that. But, um, but I think that, you know, we, you could call it sweater inserts or you could call it removable, you know, um, removable garments from inside the jacket, whatever you want. But Dickie was what we, what we named it. And I it's like it. D-I-C-K-E-Y. Yes. <laughs> Get it straight. Um, we talked about this wild time in the market because like you said, the, the crash had happened, but also maybe pre-Instagram era. We didn't know the power of all of that. Uh, wholesale retail partners were needed, were the next step to getting this off the ground. What? How are people finding out about it? Well, first of all, we both had, Veronica and I shared um, friendship with Sarah Easley and Beth Buccini, who were at Kieran's Abet. And so um, we, my husband went to college with those girls. And of course, we knew Kieran and Zabet as shoppers. And we said to those girls, we would love for you to try this out. This is just a little invention that we came up with. Take these to Europe when you go for Paris Fashion Week and let us know if, if you like it, if you think we have something here. And they came back from Europe and said, oh my gosh, not only did we wear these things the whole time, but people are asking us about it and we think this is a viable thing, right? So we took this risk. We, we got into 13 stores and they were one of them. And God bless Gwyneth Paltrow because she went into their store and put us on goop as her, you know, number one find of the season or whatever it was, her pick of the season. 
And so um, we're forever indebted for that moment. It's moments like that along the way that give you a sign of confidence that we're doing the right thing. And then I just remember we were sending these stores, the jackets and the Dickies, and they called us back, a lot of them, and said, you guys, I need more Dickies, you know, because they were selling... um, they were, they were selling more than one Dickie per jacket. So the concept was taking off and people were understanding it and, and getting into it. And they were buying Dickies like t-shirts. So we Amazing. knew we had, and we had a hundred percent sell through that season um, because we literally had a mind, you know, we just had a finite amount of jackets, amount of fabric from mood that we could make jackets in. And once they were gone, they were gone. We didn't have this, you know, reorder capacity at this time, you know, there was no, oh, let me just run and buy, you know, make, make a hundred more of those. So, um, that's, that's how hard. it started. Yes. Well, tell me about perfecting the fit because versatility is one thing, but I just, I know of the blazers as being, you know, somebody who doesn't have, we'll, we'll say the smallest, sho- who has the smallest shoulders known to man. Anyway, I love that they give me, you know, they, they have structure. They are not drowning me like a football player. Tell me about getting that fit right. I think that we're maniacal about fit because we are women designing for women. And so we know how, how a woman moves, what she's doing, how the ease she wants to feel, what you're doing with, you know, putting on a handbag or picking up, you know, a kid or hailing a cab. We always talk about that. Like we, we really road test all of, all of the styles. I mean, when we, the jacket is, obviously one, we, we perfected that. And then when we launched into jeans, um, we took as much, if not more care in the fit of jeans. Um, because the fit of jeans, it's like, you know, you can give a little allowance to a blazer, whether it's the arm or the shoulder or the, you know, um, the armhole, whatever the cross body, the cross back. Um, but jeans are like, I mean, jeans have to fit, perfectly. So, um, we worked really hard on that for a while before we even launched and then footwear as well. It's like, we, you know, we're, um, we're heel girls. We are always in heels. And so to get the right heel, to get the right platform when it's a platform, um, the materials that we use for shoes and the widths and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're very focused on the fit. Yes. Let's talk about the evolution. Uh, gosh, jeans are a big portion of the business now, I would assume. But what can you tell me about, like, I guess the percentage of that blazers and jackets are, I would think, still a number one? 40%. Yes, oh, still wow. 40. And when you think about it, if our business is just growing exponentially, to, to maintain that 40% is a huge part of the business. Um, I just want to add to the to the jacket, um, People don't come back as shoppers if, if things don't fit right. And so um, that, that's why Veronica said we are maniacal about fit. And I feel like we came into the market with um, a different vantage. You know, like Veronica was saying with our jeans, we really studied pocket placement on your butt. And, you know, it was missing in the market where the pockets were, were placed properly and the rise was, was the right rise. Um, with the jacket too, it, it had to fit better. It had to fit like a designer jacket. Um, and then 
with all those dickies too, and and the one size and everything, and then the the dicky going into the coats. I mean, we just think about things where it's like, how are we going to get her to return? You know, the jacket is sort of the gateway, right? So if that fits right, and that sort of we call it the Wonder Woman cape, and. Every woman has to own this thing. And it's like, oh, you put this on and you feel like you can conquer. And so if you get somebody and you get them in that emotion and you get them and it, and it really happens with how it fits you. Um, and then we went into inclusive sizing after that. And nice. we still offer, you know, up to size 24 and a double zero um, so that we can truly think of and outfit every woman. And if she can fit in that jacket maybe she'll try the jeans or she'll try a blouse or she'll try a dress. And so it's the same ethos across all of it. We think about why are we ruching? You know, it's because you can get a form fitted dress without showing every curve or every bump. Um, so we think about draping and, and how is, who's wearing this? How many women can wear this thing and feel confident and great? And if she's going to work, is it appropriate? If she's going to the beach, is it something she could wear to both? You know, we have to think about so many different things that I think a traditional designer might not think about. Tell me about, is there an area that you guys have decided we're not going to play in that space? I have to say, I was just on your website. I'm seeing this kind of formal wear, this amazing yellow dress that just reminds me of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh my gosh, so that's what it was. Gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. But formal wear is is in rotation. Yeah. Um, is that, I would think it's a hot time for that. Um, where else have you recently expanded to? And yeah, where are you not going to go? You know, I think that we don't, we actually don't say where we're not going to go. We're very, uh, careful about where we are going to go and we do it very slowly and with a lot of, um, thought and a lot of research. Um, and look, we like success. So we want it, we want to do it right. We want to, you know, have the demand there. And, um, but there's a lot, I mean, obviously footwear has been amazing. Eventually one day accessories, you know, menswear we've talked about, we've talked, you know, kids, home, all the things I wear, you know, so, um, we're, we don't really limit ourselves. I think we just, are careful, careful about how we're, what we do, you know? Yeah. Have collaborations really like informed or given you permission to go there? Like, like I just said, you did the Dr. Scholl's. I know you've done one yes. with home, homeware, but yep. yeah. We have Jaliska right now and that's been a great, um, you know, a great view into the home um, category and tabletop category. We just had, um, Dr. Scholl, I mean, sorry, we just had La Specs. Um, oh, so we did a collaboration with them and that was, those sold out too fast. <laughs> we should have, <laughs> we should have had more. Um, so eyewear is definitely something that we are very interested in pursuing. And right now we have um, our Dr. Scholl's capsule that just launched, which we're really excited about. That's fantastic. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, Everything we do, it's the same kind of, it answers the same question. And, you know, the Dr. Scholl's, it's, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, how do we make it more Veronica Beard for Dr. Scholl's, right? Because it used to be, we love clogs. We had a, a huge um, success with our Daisy clog and, and the whole clog category. And so um, it was a natural fit with Dr. Scholl's. But our Dr. Scholl's are heels, 
you know, and it's, it's supposed to be comfortable. They're, they're four inch heels. Yeah. Look it's at supposed those. To be, it's oh, supposed they're to be, amazing. Um, so it's, it's an, an ode to the woman who wants a little spin on a Dr. Scholl. I mean, we, we're offering regular Dr. Scholl's as well, the flats, but they're, you know, in our prints of the season and our, our special colors. Um, and so that's where we are in the market. I feel we're, we're a resource for her because we really think through a lot of the collaborations, a lot of like, is she going and buying all these, you know, expensive eyewear when um, we want to have fun with it? And, and maybe we want to offer, you know, interesting colors or um, not just eyewear, but any of the any of these collaborations like Juliska was an amazing test of does she want tabletop from us, you know? Um, and we've done, you know, athletic wear before, and we've done, you know, just different, different tests of the market. And um, we, we are all about supply demand. So if, she, if she's living in a city where we need to open a store, we're gonna open it. If she's, you know, telling us she wants underwear, we're gonna make it, but <laughs> we, we have yet to get to that. But that's, we, we do a lot of um, customer surveys and, oh, um, you know, data mining of, of the customer, whether she likes it or not, or knows about it or not. We've done, you know, just constant data um, research. And so hopefully it's paying off in the decisions we've made. Yes. Tell me about your loyal customer. Would she respond to uh, Veronica Beard, like a logo? Like I would think if they're a super fan, they would want to wear that maybe on their underwear waistband. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, we are, we will soon find out. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just relaunched a new logo. Oh, and, well, we're, um, we're about to launch a new logo. Right. But like our, you know, our crest buttons look like yes. that. And so, um, we, we kind of refined them. We, we made them ours, right. you know, and so, um, subtle ways we're, we're, you know, adding logo We're we're, Offering some things that have logo, actual, you know, visual crest on it and some things that are very subtle. Um, and so we'll see, we'll see what she picks. Nice. Tell me about your approach to fundraising, investment, all this growth. Have you guys um, dabbled in that space? Are you actively fundraising now? No, we are. Um, we took on a group of investors year three who uh, were have been great partners. They're minority, great, great partners, great advisors, great friends. Um, and just an incredible sounding board for us. Um, but we are, you know, we're very fortunate that our business is successful and profitable and we are, um, just enjoying this moment now, (laughs) you know? Yes. So, if and when, if and yeah. when it would it would ever be right, it would present itself at that time. You know, we're Veronica and I are really karmic and and feel our way. And so, if it feels right with someone, great. But for now, we're we're chugging along. Yes. How large is the company, including in terms of headcount? Uh, we have just around three hundred employees, and um, we are projecting to do over. 250 million this year. Fantastic. My goodness me. Well, I know you're opening stores. Tell me about what's going on here. And I would think (laughs) that would be, that would signal, bring on the investment, but you're making a go of it. How many stores now? Uh, We have 24 stores right now and we are opening um, a few more in the second half of the year. Uh, 
We really um, have invested in brick and mortar because it's where the brand um, truly comes to life. And I think for our customer to understand the full offering of this lifestyle wardrobe that we are designing, um, it's, it's most impactful in our own stores. And it just gives each store is very individual. All of the, you know, the interiors, all the furnishings are found. Everything is very, um, very specific to that market and that, and that customer there. And, um, and so that makes it really fun and interesting for us. And also for a customer who's constantly, our customer travels all over this country, all over the world. So when she goes to the Madison store and then she's in, you know, Pacific Palisades and then she's in Houston, it all feels Veronica Beard, but it feels different. So I think that that's really fun for her. Um, and our stores are our greatest labs. I mean, that is where we can test product, where we have, you know, our community constantly coming together and gathering, um, where we do all of our, you know, VBGB, which is our Veronica Beard gives back, all of our shop for our causes. It is, um, each of these stores really truly are these, you know, Veronica Beard community centers that, um, you know, have just brought us so much loyalty and goodwill. I love that. We're stores part of the you had as many stores during the pandemic. Are these newer? Um, would love to hear about how the pandemic impacted the business. Again, if people were wearing blazers, it looks cute on Zoom. You all are both wearing one now. <laughs> so maybe, but um, how was the business impacted? Well, we all like had a heart attack, obviously. Um, but just I'll speak to the the retail piece of it. I think that we actually took that, the pandemic as an opportunity to go after retail because there was this this sort of like pause frozen moment and we started you know going out to all of these areas there was such a there was such a shift in um in where the customer was living and moving and so we really got to see um these new areas these secondary markets and that became a real focus for us you know obviously the um, the major markets are always the go to, but um, the secondary markets have have been big, huge growth drivers for us. Yes, I'm hearing that. Go ahead. No, just who knew that? Also, in hindsight, Americans saved a trillion dollars, you know, in COVID, and when they came out of COVID, they went back to the store, they went back shopping, you know, and they couldn't travel. So they were looking for things in, you know, nearby to buy um, and then thinking out to when they were going to travel again. Um, and then, you know, just like we were saying before, when um, you said it's wedding season or it's, you know, party season and, and getting into dresses and we, we think that way. And so, you know, we pivoted in COVID and did a lot of, you know, more loungewear but we still sold jackets at that time. I think I, I just as a shopper myself, when COVID hit, I instantly thought there were going to be incredible sales going on. And so I was out there on the hunt for like favorite pieces. And I was like, are they going to crack? Am I going to get Louis Vuitton on sale? You know? And so, right. um, but, but we, nobody did really. The online kept going and people, they had nothing better to do. Like they were listening to your podcast yes. and they were, they were online, you know, shopping. So we were able to stay, um, in her, in her realm. Yeah. I think, and, um, I think what's really, um, 
really lucky for us is that because we offer this this lifestyle um, uniform for women, we are we are able to sort of flex on whatever whatever end we need. Like if you know during COVID, all of a sudden we started really doubling down on off duty. So it was a very casual. We weren't, we weren't, we made sweats. We don't sell sweats. Our customer does not want to buy sweats from us. She gets dressed. She, even if she is staying at home, she wants to be like in a cool jean or a cargo pant or something else. Um, so we were able to, you know, design into that and really fulfill what, what her needs were there. And because we had the, denim business, which is jeans and t-shirts and more casual bottoms and dresses, um, we could really lay into that. And then, you know, once all of a sudden, you know, it was booming event season, we had, we were prepared for that. And we know our customers so well, it was like, we knew the timing because we are our customer. We knew the timing of what we were going to need. And, um, and that's been truly our, our, our greatest, you know, our like secret sauce is that we, we understand what she wants, you know? Yeah. And we can, we're able to take a qualified risk, you know, and say one day she's going to go back to the office. One day she's going to, you know, go to parties again. Right. And it's like, now you can't even book a wedding. It's like, everything's booked. And, you know, so she came back with a vengeance and we knew that because we were like chomping at the bit. Yeah. Ourselves, you know. For sure. Tell me where you're connecting with the shopper. You mentioned you're doing things in store. You mentioned there are surveys happening. Um, are there certain groups maybe you're doing on social media or where else are those touch points? We um so we have a one of our big initiatives is make it happen, which is um we're constantly highlighting women that inspire our brand. They're sort of the the make it happen muses and women that are doing really cool things, making a difference. Um, and we, you know, highlight them, they highlight us. And it's sort of this mutual adoration society of, of, you know, cool, cool women doing cool things. And that, again, that's just like completely, um, you know, grows within itself. You know, it's like those, the, the friends of those women then become, become followers and they also, you know, put forward other women that, that are, that are interesting to them and it, it becomes this ecosystem. So, uh, that's been a great piece for us. VBGB, which is again, Veronica Beard gives back, which is our, the charitable component to our business, which is quarterly. We partner with an organization and highlight a woman who is either running founded or involved in the organization. Um, and, that again is just giving, you know, shining a light on this, on this woman, on what she does, on things that are vitally important to all women. And, um, those are just parts of our business that are truly like the heart and soul that yes, we produce this great product that sells, but also there's like a real heartbeat behind this brand. And, um, and I think that that comes through, uh, to our customer. I know. You. I just want to add to that one thing. Like we, we also, um, we get a lot of goodwill and a lot of um, inspiration and a lot of um, 
notoriety from women, for instance, like this, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sydney Carter, this coach, she's a female, um, college girls, college coach in basketball. And she was going on the court and actually men were saying that she was a distraction because she was dressing up courtside and looking glamorous. And, um, I thought, oh my gosh, she needs a Veronica Beer jacket. She needs a suit. She needs some bling, okay? Because we're going to double down. We're going to double down on the girl who's getting, you know, heat from being a a distraction. Of course you're a distraction. That's what we want you to be. We want you to have a face, right? So she has um, worn us a bunch and her following is exponential. And women like that who honestly make a statement by just via their presence and 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 Veronica Beard embellishes that so we want to highlight these women who you know you can't you could be a fashionista and cure cancer you can why can't you be um you know a social worker and 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 love fashion and go to work and and look like a boss you know and look amazing feel great we like to say feel good look good feel good do good right and nice. you do better work when you feel like you look great so i feel like that's that that rings through the make it happen campaign the v, veronica beard gives back um just everyday women walking into our store. It's, it's an energy and an ethos that we employ even internally. Our, I think our employees would say, um, it's not run like a typical Devil Wears Prada fashion brand. You know, we elevate everyone here and, and empower women. Nice. I'm going to go really quick. I know we're out of time. <laughs> um, Tell me about DTC versus wholesale. You're still playing the wholesale channel. Are you, is there an, a move to to take more direct sales? Our um, our business started with these incredible partnerships with our wholesalers, who we are completely indebted to forever. Um, there, they were, you know, our partners. They taught us everything. They gave us a front row to all the customers that we gained in those years. And so it's a hugely, hugely important part um, of our business forever. And, you know, our business is growing more DTC as our, as we get better with our online and, you know, as we get better with um, our data and all of those things. Um, and we build, you know, build out our brick and mortar business further. Obviously the numbers change, but um, it's a, comp- we, it's Omni, you know, we talk about the ecosystem and, and this customer to us is owned, uh, you know, owned by us when she's in our store or on our website, but she's owned by Neiman Marcus or Saks or Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom if she's there. And she's owned by all of our amazing, you know, specialty partners when she's shopping at their store. So you can't look at it with proprietary, a a proprietary lens. You have to look at it as like, you need to be wherever she is. And that's the way that, um, we really approach this business. Um, you know, for us, it's important to, to own the, the dialogue that we're having with her and what our brand is about. And that is, we can control that through our stores and online. Um, but our partners do an amazing job of doing that as well. Yes. Omni. Are you, Omni. Are you playing in some of those retail media networks? What else is working with um, marketing and, and investing? Wait, I there? just want 
I just want to say that we we launched in South Korea through Hyundai oh. and um, have some points of distribution over there. And it's so far so good, but that's a whole new gateway to Asia and realm that we're, we've tried and, and it's very exciting. And to see, um, if you go on TikTok to see some of their local celebrities enjoying Veronica Beard is mind blowing to me because women are the same. It turns out in a lot of, in, in most places in, in our world, because they want to look good, feel good and do good. Um, also we just opened a store in Canada uh, in awesome. Toronto, which is very exciting. And, um, we have opened a year ago in London, um, which was our first foray into Europe. So, um, hopefully, uh, and, and you know, these economies, there's so much TAM total addressable market here in the United States that we're, you know, uncovering every time we open. Um, but across the world, it's, um, incredible. And this, this omnipresence, you know, because we've always been in wholesale, in, for instance, Harvey Nichols in London had us and, and, um, you know, we, we learn from all of these wholesalers. Um, and as Veronica said, this, this, you know, the specialty stores were the reason why we had such, such success in smaller areas. And we get on the road and visit all of these stores and all of these people and relationship building is paramount. I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Global brand, I don't know, global domination, that's where you're going here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> global embellishment. <laughs> that's exciting. Are you influencers, marketing, what's working to like acquire new new customers in, in terms of the investment? Uh, it all, it all works. I mean, luckily, knock on wood, um, it, it is all working. And I think it is, you know, we are obsessed with A-B testing everything. And I think that you have to be, I think today you have to be willing to try everything and also willing to say, okay, this doesn't work. Let's pivot and change your mind. You know, it's like things just aren't static. Um, and there's, you know, the way, the best way today is going to be very different two years from now. So, um, so I think really being flexible and nimble about, about, you know, how you get to your customer, how you market, what, you know, what you're selling. I think that that's important. I always say the the best brands stay the same and change at the same time um, because you want to be new, but you don't want to be too new that you're losing your, you know, your core customer. Um, so that's what we work a lot on. Right on. We could wrap it up. What else can we expect this year if you guys can share anything we haven't talked about yet? I think you're going to see us a lot on the road because we've got a lot of stores that we've got to visit. <laughs> We're going to see some logos, hopefully some panties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we shall see. You guys, this has been so fun. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so, so much for having Thank us. Thank you. Yes. So, so much fun. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.